0: hello and welcome back to skilling it on this podcast we discuss social emotional skills and practical self-care ideas with a biblical basis using current research together we can become the unique and amazing people god intended us to be i'm dr chris wilson your host Welcome back to The Art of Conflict Resolution. This is the fourth installment of the series, and this I call The Gift of Listening. So remember the first uh, episode in this series, we looked at understanding ourselves in the face of conflict. In the second, we discussed one of the first strategies toward resolution, and that was to step back pause, prepare, and pray for your attitude. The last installment, we discussed how respect propels conflict forward. Oh my goodness. So in this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into listening to the other person in two very intentional ways. Let me read a Bible verse. This is from James 1.19. Same one, folks. We're still using it. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's a lot to think about. Why should I or we take the time to do this? First of all, we just went over it. The Bible directs us to. Second, when we interact with a person who makes us feel loved or supported, oxytocin is released and that makes us feel good. It helps build trust and strengthen social bonds. So those are some good reasons. And I want to let you know that building trust and creating social bonds also release oxytocin. So let's start with a definition of listening. The word listen is derived from two Anglo Saxon words which mean hearing and waiting in suspense. I love those. Listening is the combination of both hearing what the other person is saying and waiting with intense psychological involvement. So, do you know someone who is quick? to listen. I want to read a story to you. Well, it's not a story. Actually, it is right out of my jail journal and it is about empathic listening. We're going to talk about that today. I had an amazing class. I think this was back in 2016 of young men. And so this is an excerpt of what happened that day. I want to tell you that usually before I try exercises out on any uh, audience, I usually try it uh, on myself if I can, or some dear friends or family. This time I didn't. I rolled it right out in my uh, ropes class, which I taught in jail. So this is from my journal. Yesterday, I rolled out the new empathy class, which is an exercise called A Time You Felt Different. When I was going over the guidelines, there was lots of moaning and groaning. However, the group quickly got over that. Once they paired up, they were deeply into their stories and building connections based on the feeling of being different. I was amazed. I work with the youngest member of the group who told the story of an epic education fail and how he was treated differently based on his race. I shared my story of feeling inadequate in school and we were able to bond on these differences about these differences, which is amazing because we couldn't have been much more different, right? From each other. As a side note, as I lay in Shavasana at yoga later that evening, I thought about my empathy exercise with that young man earlier in the day and red hot tears came to my eyes. I was surprised and hoped no one else in the room would notice. Interesting. So in this exercise, what we do is we um, think about a time we felt different. It could be, you know, a religious difference. It could be socioeconomic difference. It could be lots of things. It could be your first day at school or your first day on a new team or in a new class and, you know, how that made you, what made you feel different and how you got through that. Uh, so we, that was amazing. I rolled out that exercise and I'll never forget. It was really hard to get the participants back into class to get out of their pairs and talking about how they felt different. Why is this? Well, um, this epi- this exercise is on empathic listening, and let's talk about empathy for just a minute. Empathy is being able to see the situation from the standpoint of the other. We all know that. But I like this last part, in order to help them succeed. Oh, that is really good. Curiosity plus compassion equals empathy. So maybe we develop a deeper understanding of relationships and why it's crucial to work on hard communication in empathy, even when it's difficult. When communication is done well, we are rewarded with a flood of happy hormones. For instance, oxytocin, that is the connecting bonding hormone. It's such a fun one. I love it. And so when we get these tools and we use them well, such as listening skills, they help us create wonderful, growing, lasting relationships. And so we know that, right? But, and they can help resolve conflict. Amazing. So you guys know I'm going to talk about Robert Bolton in his book, People Skills. You know I love that book. And Robert Bolton calls our ability to communicate well, to do it well, a matter of life and death. He says our personality development And mental and physical health are linked to the caliber of our communication. Think about that for a minute. That is crazy. Uh, Both Bento Leal and Robert Bolton also lend their perspective on the outcomes of poor communication. So listen up. Leal L-E-A-L says that the painful consequences of the lack of communication skills can lead to conflict in marriages, family, and can create workplace chaos. Robert Bolton goes deeper. He says that. The lack of communication skills or frequent poor communication techniques diminishes one's selfhood, selfhood, both emotionally and physically. Wow. So he's saying that poor communication diminishes our selfhood, both emotionally and physically. He goes on to say that low-level communication leads to loneliness and distance from friends, lovers, spouses, and children. That breaks my heart. As well as being ineffective at work. People with close relationships tend to be healthier, happier, And live longer than those in isolation or with negative relationships. And you guys, that's from Pitts and Socia. They uh, talk about positive communication. There's a book on it. It's an amazing book. But before we move forward, let's be honest about times it is not. It's better not to listen to another person. Yes, you guys, we're not just you know, open for all house calls. We have to have our boundaries, which is going to be my next series on a podcast. I'm so excited about boundaries. But let's talk about at times it's better not to listen. First of all, when you're unable to be accepting, or perhaps to put it another way, you might be a little bit judgmental. So that's not a good time. When you're feeling pressured, hassled or depleted is probably the worst time because you're not going to do it well. I promise we have these, um, these micro expressions that we don't even know are on our face, but other people can pick up and they tell the other person we're exhausted, we're tired, we're over it, whatever. So when we're unable to be accepting, when we're feeling pressured, hassled, or depleted, and when you've been blindsided, if somebody comes up to you and they want to hash it out in the middle of someplace and you have had no warning, no anything, that's not a good time. So having provided a strong, I hope, foundation for good communication, when we come back, we're going to look at the skills of listening and three ways to approach listening. Okay, we're back. Let's look at three ideas for robust listening. The first one is consider your intentions. So to prepare for successful communication, you need to consider your intentions before you begin. So what I want you to do at this time is to think about a person that you're struggling with and before you communicate with them, decide a couple things. You can do that right now. One is, do you truly want to connect with them or do you just want to get your own way? This is a legit question. If the intention is to connect, consider what you're seeking in the relationship and what a successful interaction might look like. You can imagine that in your head. But if you're only seeking to get your own way, you're not prepared to connect with the other person. So Stephen Covey says that we typically listen in at one of four levels. He says we listen. Uh, the first one is ignoring the other person. The second one is pretending to listen. I've seen it and I've done it. The third one is selective listening. I've seen it and I've done it. The fourth one is attentive listening. And then he says there's a fifth level that we call empathic listening. Um, So let's talk about we're going to go from number one, consider your intentions, to number two, active, attentive listening. You know, this is really fun. I've taught this for many years in many places. And um, what I will say is that. I loved all of the foundational skills you get here. So let's talk about some of those. This method focuses entirely on what the other person is saying. After you have that down, um, what you can do, you're, so you're completely focused and engaged, then you might want to confirm the content of what was heard and the feelings the speaker projects about the message. So let's look at some characteristics of an active listener. We would see good eye contact. We would see what we call in communication, attending. Attending is giving your physical attention or kind of listening with your whole body. So You are giving your undivided attention and patience. So with this person that you have called to mind that you maybe are struggling with, could you do this? Could you exhibit these characteristics we just talked about? Um, Your demeanor helps the speaker feel respected, and that can help further conflict resolution. Newberg and Waldman say you must train your mind to stay focused on the person who's speaking, their words, tone, gestures, and facial cues, really everything. When the speaker is done, you can clarify with statements such as, tell me more about that, or I'm a bit confused. So tell me more about the, both of those statements. Actually, tell me more about that. Isn't it like a magical open ended question that, you know, so that could evoke any response, whatever the speaker needs to say right there, right? And then when the speaker's done, clarify oh, I'm sorry. Um, this shows that we're listening uh, to what they've said and that we're really thinking about it. Uh, We can also try to reflect or paraphrase by summarizing the main points. So an example of this would be, you're struggling in this relationship because we don't talk about the issues that come up. Um, So you can see how that conversation has gone so far. Um, But if you want to do this, it's really, really effective when we acknowledge their emotions. So that statement might look something like, so you're sad because we don't spend enough time together. This, when you do that, this shows that you're paying attention. It helps clarify what they're saying, uh, because if that's not what they were thinking they're going to tell you, it can help show uh, slow, I'm sorry, the pace of the conversation. So if things are just going too fast, you're stopping, you're reiterating, right? Paraphrasing. It can also make them more willing to listen to you because they're like, wow, that person really fully listened to me. Um, Some of the things that can really help a person speak are First of all, the use of encouragers, that would be a hum, mm, yeah, uh, open body language is also very effective. So you might uncross your legs and uncross your arms if you're, you know, listening at that time and also just being silent, you know. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in uh, in the third type of listening, which is empathic listening. But uh, so so far, we are looking at our intention: do we want to connect, or do we just want to get our way? <laughs> Let's be honest, folks. Sometimes it's one, and sometimes it's the other. Uh, I, and then we're going to do some active, attentive listening. And here we are. At number three, empathic listening. Oh my gosh, I really love this one. I wrote an article on it and so I had to research it. So let me just talk about a couple of things that I learned. First of all, let's go back to Stephen Covey. He believes that empathic listening begins with a type of character trait that inspires the speaker to open up and trust the listener. Jeez, you guys, that is huge. So he says that it's something in us that really elicits the words from the speaker. One that I thought would work would be humility um, because humility can really instill trust. This type of listening, empathic listening, includes all of the mechanics we already talked about and takes the listener a further step. So we've got that active, attentive listening down, and now we're going further. The empathic listener begins with the intent to immerse themselves fully in the other person and what they're experiencing. Applying empathic listening techniques can include emptying ourselves of the need to be right. Ah, that one's so hard. Also, emptying ourselves of our individual autobiography. We do not want our personal narratives to interfere with the other person's story. Sometimes we trip up the speaker by asking, you know, it's good to ask questions, but if it's just like, oh, I need to understand, I need to know this fully, I need it, it really can hinder the speaker. So I know that can be confusing, but use your gut on this one. You guys have amazing intuition. Another way to think about empathic listening is to project yourself into the other person's life. Oh my gosh, that's deep. This includes suspending your own ego, suspending your own judgment. Oh, you guys, the example I have for this is really one of the most challenging things to do as a mediator. What you have to do is you have to center yourself. You have to remind yourself that your job isn't the expert. Your job is to listen and to be fully present. Oh my gosh, that is a that's a thing, right? So now we have entered into their world fully, but I want to give you uh, maybe some cautions about empathic listening. And this is um, outside of conflict, not cautions. Let's just talk about this. Um, you, You can support the speaker and create intimacy by listening, by identifying feelings and allowing the speaker to find solutions, empathic listeners know how important it is for speakers to both listen up, own and solve their own issues. I'm going to repeat that. Empathic listeners know how important it is for speakers to both own and solve their own issues issues. Carl Rogers was a humanistic psychologist who said that being empathetic is a complex, demanding, and strong, yet also subtle and gentle way of being. Wow. I mean, that's pretty complicated. Being an empathic listener becomes a confident companion to the person in his or her inner world. So in order to do that, you have to put aside all of your subjective views and values to enter into their world without those prejudices that come with them. This includes laying yourself aside for the time being. But you guys, it doesn't mean we abandon our values. It means we're open to the person who's talking to us and who needs us right now. What is more important? If we think back on Jesus, he interacted and talked to people that uh, he, their values were different, but he uh, was able to you know uh, make an impression on them and i think really good listeners do as well so good people can have conflicting values i have really good friends and we have um some different values love it leave it i don't know so rogers believed carl rogers believed that empathic listening is not for everyone he said that the empathic person must know themselves well and be solidly grounded enough to avoid getting lost in the other person's strange or bizarre world. Ooh, so there is that warning I tried to give you before, but that wasn't the time. Empathic listening is the embodiment Of connection and a foundation for healing, hurting people. We have so many hurting people in our society right now. We don't have enough listeners qualified or otherwise. We just don't have enough. So we, what I, I reiterate what I said before, Jesus listened to people. In Mark 8, 43 through 49, Jesus was surrounded by a large crowd when someone touched his robe. And at that time, he felt the power come out of him. You guys know what I, you know the story, right? But he asked, who touched me? And in verse 47, we see that the woman who had bled for 12 years have been the one who touched Jesus's robe. When she knew she could no longer hide that he was looking for, she fell down before all of the people and declared what she'd done and why she'd done it. And Jesus, during this time, stopped and listened. Is that a big deal, you ask? Well, considering he was on his way to heal a dying child, I'm going to vote yes. Talk about... Setting aside distractions, Jesus is a perfect example because distractions will really hinder the listening process. We think all of our things are so important our schedules, our calendars, our obligations, social events. Jesus knew what was important. So, what do you think about all of this? I think. Empathic listening is really challenging to do in conflict, (laughs) which is challenging enough on its own. So I'm just going to say that if you can achieve active, attentive listening in conflict, that is relationship gold. In addition, we can practice empathic listening whenever possible. We can look for occasions. If you start looking, you'll see that they're all around you because our world is hurting. Plus, practice will help us be trained and ready to go when the time comes and we need to apply it, whether it... It's with a hurting person or in conflict, right? If you're in conflict and you're uh, exhibiting empathic listening skills and that conflict continues, I would be so surprised. So my question to you, and I'm so thankful for the listeners. I can't even tell you. I'm just so excited to have people come and visit this podcast But here's my question, and I should say, here's my question. Which of the skills will you practice in the upcoming time in your life? So the three levels include, remember, number one is intention. Before you interact, consider your intentions. Is it to connect or just have your own way? Number two is that active, attentive listening focusing entirely on what the other person is saying, clarifying when needed, or paraphrasing what you heard. Listen, if you guys, I have notes now. I try to attach a handout so that um, some of the stuff could be you can remember it or refer to it. You can Google so much of this stuff, clarifying or paraphrasing. If you forget what it is, it's right there. So easy, you guys. If we just put in the effort, I'm telling you, we can make a difference. I'm sorry. I got I got all the sidetracked there. So listen with your whole body. We're still in active, attentive listening. Uh, use that undivided attention and patience. Right. So sometimes the, the person is slow or inarticulate and we get all wiggly and, you know, whatever, ready to roll. I don't know. Um, and then, so number one, intention. Number two, active, attentive listening. And then that magical number three, empathic listening. That's where you're immersing yourself fully into what the other person is saying and feeling. We're emptying ourselves of our need to be right listening or, and listening from an autobiographical perspective. So it's not about what I want to know or think or whatever. It's about that speaker. So also in empathic listening, we're suspending our judgments. Yes. My dad was a great listener when he was on this earth. He didn't attempt to control. He didn't judge or try to fix, at least that I know of. He was just a strong and steady presence for others. How do I know? Because at, uh, when we had his uh, a, a gathering for him, many people told us that. That was really nice to hear. Jesus also was, I should have done Jesus first, but Jesus was a great listener and he took the time in the midst of a pressing crowd and at the risk of a child's life to uh, listen to a woman who had enduring faith. I, I just love that story. (sighs) Maya Angelou said, People were, f- will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm. Empathy gives compassion wings. So look for ops opportunities to give the, uh, the gift of listening. So once again, I had tried to attach a a handout in the show notes. You guys can let me know if it worked in the next podcast. And I have no idea when that will be done. We're going to talk about the next step in conflict in the art of conflict resolution. And that's the assertive statement where you state your views, needs, and feelings. With respect. oh, This is the hardest thing I have ever taught any group ever. I'll talk about it next time. So let me pray for us. So dear Lord, just help us have ears to hear in this noisy, noisy world. Show us the opportunities to listen. Guide us during these times so that we can listen fully and be proud. Present for the other and give the gift of listening. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast is distributed on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and more. If this podcast resonated with you, please share it with someone you love. Also, you can leave me a message or you can rate this podcast. I would love a five-star rating. If you're feeling generous, support this podcast. See information in the show notes. Let's become the unique and amazing people God intended us to be. You've got this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. I'm so thankful for you taking the time to listen. Now I'm done and you're skilling it.